0: John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all of the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved, with whom you I am well pleased.
1: So this past week, I had this awesome opportunity. First, I'll well, back up the train a second. I, um, this sermon series that we're in, we're calling it The Stories That We Tell. And we talk about stories from our lives, stories that we tell that are influential, that kind of make us who we are, and then we kind of see how our stories connect with the big story. And I think that's a way of living our lives. I think that's a way of just kind of looking at the stories that you tell from your past, the stories that you're telling uh, today, and, and how does that connect uh, to the story of... of of Christ and, and, and the love of of God, so uh, with, that, with that, uh, that reset here, um, this past week, I had this incredible opportunity. I was invited to talk at a humanities class at Mayo High School, and it was so. Much fun. I got to go there and uh, they wanted to know a little bit about Protestantism and Lutheranism, a little bit about what we do here at Glory Day, how we live that out, a little bit about who I am and how I live that out and all kinds of things. And I talked at two different class periods and there was a student in each one who asked the same question and it was something to the effect of like how did you get that gig? (laughs) like <laughs> how did you end up of all things you could have done anything and you became a pastor how How does that work and uh I said honestly, I have no idea <laughs> i uh, yeah but it was it was a it, and it 's a great question and i think it 's honestly a question that a lot of people have and uh don 't know how to ask ha have, have just for whatever reason not asked and i talked i 've talked some about it, especially when I first came here uh just Little, almost nine years ago, but uh, and I've talked about it some with our confirmation students, but I, I don't know that I've talked about it much in this, in this setting. And so there's a story that's really influential about how this all kind of came to be for me, how I kind of ended up on this path. Was, it, it, it happened while I was in college. Uh, I was in my undergrad at, at Gustavus. I was a sophomore, and I had the opportunity to do a study abroad trip. It was a study tour. Uh, and as part of this, I got to spend a month in three different places, a month in England, a month in France, Strasbourg, France, and a month in Jerusalem. And, uh, just a f- just an amazing opportunity. You know, you have class for a couple hours in the day and then you have all the rest of the day to explore and do things. You have your weekends to explore a uh, week in between each place to travel and, and see things and get full college credit while you're at it. So it was just, it was a win-win in, in every way. At the end of the trip, the last I should say the last leg of the trip, I was in Jerusalem. We stayed in East Jerusalem, and so I had the chance to go to class for a few hours and then go explore. One of the places I loved to go was the old city of Jerusalem. This place, I mean, it's just ancient and and this it's the walled city and you go in there and the streets are narrow, everything's stone, there's shopkeepers all over the place uh, that you can connect with, uh, haggle with, and, and just it was just awesome. And I used to love just walking the streets of, of the old city of, of Jerusalem. And right away, I went there uh, very, very early on in, in my, my stay, met this shopkeeper, and we kind of hit it off right away, and then I would go a couple times during the weeks that I was there uh, and just kind of reconnect with this guy. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was fun getting to know him, but when I first met him, he asked me a question. He said, what are you? I said, I'm an American. And he goes, no. What are you? Are you, are you? are you Christian? Are you Jewish? Are you Muslim? What are you? I'm like, oh, Christian. And I realized at the age of 19, I had never identified myself as such. Never had to. I grew up in a town uh, just north of Milwaukee, a pretty small town, eight 9,000 people. I, you know, At the time, I don't even know if we had a place of worship for anybody who wasn't Christian. And if you weren't a practicing Christian, you were culturally Christian, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I was a pastor's kid. Just, I never had to answer that question. And honestly, as I think about it, it sounds quaint to never have had to identify myself that way. But it's, it's true. So I said, I'm Christian. And after that, it really hit me. I'm like, wow, I never had to say that before. This is, this is weird. I, I'm going to go buy a cross. And so I went to another shop, and I found a, they were selling uh, necklaces. And so I bought a cross necklace, and I wore it around my neck so I'd remember what I am. <laughs> so I kept going throughout the, uh, the month, and at the end of the month, I had an opportunity. It was fascinating. Um, a couple of my classmates and I were invited to go to the YWCA where they were teaching upper-level conversational English to Palestinian women. And so there were 40 Palestinian women, and they wanted to practice speaking English with native English speakers, and we got to be there. And it was so cool. Like, an hour and a half, maybe two hours. I don't know what it was, but it went by like that. And we got to learn from them, and, and, and I don't maybe they learned something from us too, but it was just... It was just just this great exchange. And then afterwards, we're just all kind of hanging out and mingling. This, uh, this one woman, her name's Amal El-Hazin. She's about the same age as, as I was at the time. And she comes up to me, and, and we're talking. And, and then she goes, oh, what are you? And I was ready for it. Like, I was like, yes! I'm like, I'm a Christian. And my cross had gone under my shirt, and I pulled it out and said, see, I'm a Christian. She goes, looks me right in the eye. Why do you hide it? why do you hide it? It, That question, in the history of my life, I was on a path, and then because of that question, I started going in a different direction. It was as if, like, God herself said to me, why do you hide it? Why do you hide it? So simple a question, and so profound. Because I, I... she wasn't only asking, why do you hide it, you know, what you are? But why do you hide who you are? More about that in a minute. I want to talk about this Bible passage that we have. Today, in congregations all across the country, all around the world, congregations of all different kinds of uh, denominations and, and histories, they, they are talking about the baptism of Jesus. Because this Sunday, it always happens every year, a couple weeks after a few weeks after Christmas, a few weeks after uh, the, the beginning of the new year. It's the baptism of our Lord Sunday, and everybody is, is hearing a baptism of Jesus story. And so our story today comes from the Gospel of Mark. Now, as you may or may not know, uh, there are four books in the Bible dedicated to telling the life of Jesus. They are called Gospels, and in every one of them, they tell the story of Jesus with their own unique flair and kind of uh, literary style and technique. And this one happens to, this story comes from the very, very beginning of the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 1, beginning at verse 4. So there's a couple sentences, and then boom, baptism story. Here's why that's interesting to me. That means, if this happens at the very beginning, Jesus is like a 30-something-year-old guy, there's no birth story in there. There's no Christmas story in the Gospel of Mark. There are no shepherds, there are no wise men, there are no stars, there are no, there's no manger or sheep or lefsa or Swedish meatballs or whatever your thing is at Christmas. There, it's, it's not there. It starts with Jesus as a 30-year-old guy who we know nothing about. He starts with this, I mean, Jesus at this age, he could seriously be a guy who wears sweatpants and hangs out in his mom's basement and plays video games. He's done nothing at this point. He just comes out of nowhere. The way the story goes, it says, it says all the people from Judea, or all the people from Jerusalem and the Judean countryside were coming to the river to be baptized by a guy named John, John the Baptist, in the river. I mean, think about that. Jerusalem, major city, the whole countryside. All these people are coming. It's, it's a picture of a movement, a massive movement of people who want to be baptized. in Jesus, he's a face in the crowd. He's just one of many. And, as, and then he gets baptized. And when he comes up out of the water, he hears this voice, this mysterious voice. This is my son. You are my son. The beloved. And with you, I am well pleased. Which is crazy. Because he's done nothing to deserve that yet. He hasn't done a miracle. He hasn't, he hasn't uh, healed anybody. He hasn't fed anybody. He hasn't... Uh, he hasn't done anything. He hasn't uh, changed water into what. One- this guy has done nothing yet, and yet there is a voice. At the very beginning says, "You are my child. You are my son. I love you. With you, I am well pleased." And it gets me wondering. He's a face in the crowd. I wonder if that message wasn't also for all the people from Jerusalem and the whole Judean countryside. I wonder if that wasn't also their message on that day, that they also heard those words, you are my child, I love you, with you I am pleased. I also wonder if, if it wasn't just for Jesus, and it wasn't just for the people of Jerusalem, Judea, and all that, it, and it wasn't just for the people way back then, sometime, somewhere, but it's also for us here today. May I? I'm so sorry. I made you cry before. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. All right. Well, I'm pleased with Simba anyways here. (laughs) Oh, it was worth a shot. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if those are the words that we hear today. You are my child. I love you. (laughs) And with you, I am well- pleased. Yeah
0: <laughs>
1: So they tell you never to work with kids. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Um, I think we both just had a wardrobe malfunction. Anyways, um, that is, uh, that's how that goes. But even there, you are my child, and I love you, and with you I am well pleased. And that's true of Lena having a blowout, and Anders, and it's true of you, and it's true of you guys, and this section too. You are my child. I love you. With you, I am well pleased. It could be that the invitation of this Bible story, could be that the invitation of this, of this passage is to begin in the beginning. It's The base note, it is the foundational thing. You are loved. And from there, the whole thing goes forward. From there, the whole thing goes forward. Jesus has this moment at the very beginning of the Gospel of Mark. He is baptized. He gets that message. And the whole trajectory of of the story goes from there. From there, there's ups and downs and twists and turns. And things are going on and, and happening from that point. And the same is true for us. Our story is also just getting started. And we want to begin in the beginning with that message that you are loved, that you are a child of God. And the whole thing goes from there. And our story is just getting started as we look at the year 2020 for sure. And we're going to have so many things to celebrate and so many successes and good things going on. And then we're going to have moments where we, spectac- <laughs> where we spectacularly fail. I mean, it's not even close. We drive this thing into the ditch. We're going to have moments where we are limping away from complete wrecks. We're going to have moments in the upcoming years, you, year, you and I, we're just going to have to apologize. We're going to have to say I'm sorry. We're going to have some repair work to do. We're going to have to fix some stuff. We're going to have moments where all of that's true. But I want you to know that doesn't define you. That's not the story that you have to live. Your greatest successes and your biggest failures aren't what define you. Those aren't the thing that that doesn't tell you what you are, that doesn't tell you who you are. What that is comes from the divine the voice of the divine animating energy of the universe. And I want you to hear it one last time because this is spoken directly to you. You are my child. I love you. And with you, I am well pleased.